What's up, church planters and church planting enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter-in-arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Now, last week, we started part one of an episode entitled Five Things That Can Derail Any Church Plant, and the episode was going so well that we decided to break it up into two parts because we were running long. So what you're about to hear is part two of the episode that started last week. So if you haven't heard part one, then I'd encourage you to just pause it right now and go back to the previous episode. Listen to that one first, and then you can jump back in with this episode. We hope you guys are having a Merry Christmas, and we will be back on January the 6th. Let's uh, let's go to number three. Number three, things that will derail any church plant is uh, neglecting your family in the name of church growth. Um, Planters do that? What? <laughs> what? Yep, they do, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Matt, why don't you speak into that, brother? Because for those of our listeners that don't know, uh, so Jen and I uh, don't have children yet. We have a dog and a cat mm-hmm. um, that are kind of like our children. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I know it sounds sad and pathetic, but <laughs> it is what it is. Now, we're we're praying for children, so yes. you can join us in praying Amen. that God will bless us with children. Mm-hmm. Um, but Matt has four of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So Matt's got a house full. And yeah. Matt, I, I really think it'd be helpful for you to kind of speak into the importance of this mm-hmm. uh, for planters. Yeah, I think, you know, every planter has to kind of establish rhythms with, if, if, you know, if they have a family. Uh, with multiple children like we do, you have to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so guys will say, you shouldn't do this or you should do that. I've never been one of those guys. Like, I think that, you know, um, I remember in the beginning stages <clears throat> of our church plant, we had to, I had to take a lot of meetings in the evening time. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I had to do that is because that's when people were home. That's when people, you know, people that worked, you know, um, during the day when I was available, I couldn't talk to them. Yeah. And so what we what we've always done, how we've prioritized family over ministry is, you know, we, no matter where we're at, what day it is, um, we always start our day with the family worship time. Mm-hmm. Like every single day we'll come, everybody gets up, we come downstairs and, um, and we spend some time, you know, around the word of God. It's nothing crazy. It's about 15 minutes max. Um, again, we're trying to establish habits in yep. our kids' lives and in our family's lives. So um, we usually do different we we've done all kinds of different uh, Bible study plans or reading plans, <clears throat> things that are kid friendly. Mm-hmm. We involve the kids, we include them. We don't say not everybody listen to us, you know. Um, so they take turns reading it. They, you know, they take turns praying, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Cadence praise, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 so you know. F- so for me, you have to. You it's 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 not exactly about what you do. It's about making the decision to do it. So it is so easy to start saying, um, again, compromise. Yeah. You know, compromise. Well, I'm just going to take this meeting. I'm going to, or I'm, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's my kid's birthday or, um, you know, I, I know I said that I would take, you know, Johnny to uh, the, the ball game, but you know what? I'm, uh, this is more important. This is about the kingdom of God. Mm. This is about the church. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about ministry. And if you do that enough, your kids will start to regret your ministry. Yep. Uh, they they That's will good. start they will start to hate you because all they see they don't see you 
uh, they don't see you as a dad. They see you as somebody else's pastor, somebody else's leader. And man, I, I thought that, um, you know, our, our discipleship strategist father, uh, Sebastian Vasquez's dad was up with us in that meeting that we talked about these things. And man, he just dropped some really good wisdom on everybody. And he talked about how, you know, a lot of these pastors, kids, they might grow up, they might grow up with their dad, but they don't grow up with a pastor. Yep. And so they need somebody to pastor them as mm-hmm. well. And I just thought, I thought that was really good. So, um, you know, I always say this, you know, churches are going to come and go in your life. Yep. Your family's going to be there forever. Sure. You know, um, I, I, I think it, I see this all the time in ministry and I have for almost 20 years where pastors, you know, neglect their family at the sake of mm-hmm. church growth, church meetings, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Hey, if if you're if you have to be at every single meeting, you have to run every single event. If you have to do things, you're doing something wrong, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so go listen to our episode on APES Team Church. Planting. Yeah, that's right. So you know, like even as even as our church has grown and this network has grown, like we don't we don't go to every single event. We don't, you know. Yeah. Um, there is a good example of something like this. Just yesterday, you know, we we're doing the pipeline training that the Sin Network does, and it's incredible. If you if you guys are listening to this, and man, go and check that out. You know, mm-hmm. go to nam.net and and look into all that. It's just really good stuff. We're taking a couple of our residents through that, and we got off because one of those guys got married, and so we had to kind of pause our 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 training for a little bit. And um, they were like, "Can we start back up? Can we meet on Wednesday? Can we meet like back to back weeks?" and and I was like, no, I can't because I looked at the calendar and we're going downtown to the Toronto marketplace, mm-hmm. which is you go down there on a Saturday. It's insane. Yeah. I'm not going to take my four kids down there on a Saturday. Yeah. And so, you know, Erica's like, can we go next week, like on a Wednesday after staff meeting? And I was like, absolutely. Let's do it. And so some people be like, how dare you? Yeah, that's a work day. Yeah. But like, I'm not worried about that, mm-hmm. man, because mm-hmm. I'm going to get my hours in elsewhere. Yep. I'm not, com- I, I don't care. Yep. You know, it's, and, and so to me, that's just some simple things that yep. you can do. I, when you really think about it as church planters, we of all people have no excuse not to spend lots of time with our, with our wives and our kids Yeah, because we make our own schedule. <laughs> like yeah. We can, we can make time for our children. We yeah. can make time for our spouses. Like, like we really don't have an excuse to do that yeah. because like you said, you can get your hours in, you can yeah. still work, you know, a solid 50, 60 hours yeah. uh, on your week and spend lots of time with yeah, your kids man. and have like an entire Sabbath day where you literally like, that's what we do. We take Mondays off, yep. right? Mondays are yeah. just a no work day where we just hang out like me and Jen and this past Monday, we went over to White Feather yeah. Market and we were kind of going to buy gifts for my family and ended up getting a bunch of things like chocolate for ourselves. Um, that place is great. <laughs> Sorry, it's like mom a, and dad. It's like one of those um, country uh, stores and they have a farmer's market in the oh, summer. Oh, cool. Is that in Oshawa? Uh, no, it's like north. It's north. Like oh, okay. 50, it's kind of in the country, like 20 oh, minutes north of here. Okay. Maybe we'll 15 have to, minutes. I'd we'll have to go check that That's out. That's awesome, man. They've got good food there. You know, man, you talked about <clears throat> the Sabbath. That's really important to have a Sabbath. It's a great way. You can protect that time. Yep. Let me tell you what a Sabbath does for you if you got a family. If you're just a church planner, you don't have any kids, you need to have a Sabbath anyways. It's yep. just healthy. It's good. Oh, yeah. Um, network-wide, I think pretty much network-wide, we take off Mondays. And it's good for a couple of different reasons. It's good just to recharge, rejuvenate, all that kind of stuff. But it's also good because I work out of my house. I have a home office. 
and we have four kids. They're homeschooled. Mm -hmm. So my house is pretty crazy. And, you know, like every day, one of them will say, Daddy, can we play? Daddy, can we play? And I don't feel bad telling them no. Mm -hmm. I'll say, Daddy can't play right now. I'm working. Because I got, I'm gonna, pl- we're gonna do stuff on Mondays, mm-hmm. or we're gonna do some stuff on Saturdays. But if every single time one of my kids said, "Can we go play?" or "Can we go to the park?" "Can we do this?" and I, out of guilt, say yes, I, now I wouldn't get my work done. I wouldn't do the things I. So you do have to be disciplined with it. Yeah. And I've seen guys go the other way with it too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to neglect my family, mm-hmm. but they don't really work. Yeah. And so you kind of have to be, you know, disciplined with yeah, some true. of the things you do. Yeah, you can't just like not work. Yeah. <laughs> Being, being on mission together as a family. Yep. That's, yeah. So that's huge. Not just, not just having devotional time, which is, is super important. Um, and I actually have a question for you about that. that yeah. I'll, we'll circle back to in a second, but also, like you said, being on mission together. So we've got a, a mutual friend, uh, Troy Cooper. Yeah. Troy's a missionary out in uh, California, Long Beach, California yeah. now. And, um, he's with E3 partners, but I, I've learned so much from Troy about how to do this. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've seen anybody model better yeah. how to lead your family and being on mission than him. Cause mm-hmm. what he'll do, uh, like that. So they, they are actively in the harvest, engaging people. They go and they intentionally share the gospel. They go and train others how to share yeah. the gospel, how to make disciples. And he takes his kids with him and he doesn't just say like, Hey kids, come and watch daddy. He right. says, okay, watch daddy. Now you try. Yeah, and he lets his kids like yeah. share the gospel. He lets his kids get up and yeah. train at events. Like yeah. he'll have, you know, and and that's so awesome. It mm-hmm. like sets them up for a foundation. Like they yeah. feel like they're a part of this. Like they're not just, you know, watching dad do his thing. They get I get yeah. to do it with dad. He'll have uh, he I know he tries as much as he can to take. Uh, he's got seven kids, so he has to like take turns. But he'll <laughs> all take our listeners are like, did he just say seven kids? Mm-hmm. Seven kids. <laughs> yep, seven kids. So he'll take one or two of them with him whenever he travels mm-hmm. for like if he's going to do a training or speak somewhere. Yeah. He'll take uh, kids, his kids with them yeah. with him, so that he can spend time with them. And yeah. like, man, that they'll they'll never forget that Not for the rest never. of their life. Like that'll just that lays such a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. So shout out Troy Cooper. Thanks for. It's yes. being a great example Absolutely. Uh, of that. So, yeah, man, he, you know, Troy does an incredible job. I mean, like, I look at guys, you know, that that's always modeled that. Well, Troy models it extremely well. There's a guy in New Orleans, George Ross, friend of mine. He models it extremely well. But looking at these guys and seeing how they involve their family, mm-hmm. they've encouraged me to do the same. Yeah. And um, it's just, yeah, it, it means it means a lot to kids. They'll never forget those things, even. You know, I love Facebook. These memories will pop up. You know, I remember like in we moved here in 2012 and 2013 is when we really got the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. And um, this picture popped up, you know, from five years ago when the boys were like little bitty guys and they're out in the rain with me on like a fall day. and We're Mm -hmm. passing out flyers and sharing the gospel with people. And like they'll talk about that stuff still. Like so when you take them on trips, when you when you share when when they go out and knock on doors with you to share the gospel and stuff like that you're you're teaching them you're yep. and, it, and it does something for your family yep. and it and it lets them see that okay yeah i'm part of this yep. you know it's not just something that dad does mm-hmm. or that mom does it's something mm-hmm. that that we do yep yeah yeah and i and if and they get to see they get to see god at work yeah they get to see right. god move in power change lives they get to see you uh showing and demonstrating the love of christ to people and if you if you really if you love your children and you care about their souls and you want them to grow up mm-hmm. to love and know the Lord, that's that that's the way to do it. That's it you know? Um so uh hey, real quick before yeah, yeah. we move on, um so one question I have actually for you sure. is 
Uh, I know I struggle in the morning. So we, you know, we've switched back and forth our family devotion time from the evenings to the mornings before. And I struggle sometimes uh, in the mornings because I'll, you know, wake up and I try to have my quiet time individually. And then after that, uh, I'll be honest, sometimes it's pretty hard to have a family devotion time after I just, you know, spent, you know, a significant amount of time, mm-hmm. you know, have my quiet time uh, early. Like, do you do your personal quiet time uh, on your own in the mornings before your family devotion time? Yeah, it's yes and no. I go through different seasons where mm-hmm. I'll get up super early and I'll do my own private time, yeah. you know, quiet time. Or or sometimes I'll get up with the family or I'll, Eric and I will always usually get typically get up before the family, mm-hmm. uh, all the kids wake up and then, you know, we'll do it all together. It's yeah. like, the, it's the first thing we prioritize. I mean, Kane's might be watching Max and Ruby or some cartoon or something. Um, but you know, we'll shut that off obviously and get started. But, and then there'll be t- times we'll, we'll do that. And then I'll do my stuff later on in the afternoon. Okay. So I think, you know, it's, it's whatever is best for you, but here's, here's what you, you need to, to get. And like just all our listeners, when it comes to family worship time, it's just like your time with the Lord. I had a pastor tell me one time, you know, uh, I, I, when I meet guys who God has used, I, I always ask them a couple of the same questions. Mm-hmm. And one of them, uh, the questions I always ask is tell me about your quiet time. Mm-hmm. And this pastor told me something that, that's really impacted my time with the Lord. He said, I look at it like a meal. You know, you eat until you're full or you eat until you've had enough mm-hmm. and then you stop. And like, man, quiet, like quiet time that's that's a pretty good analogy, you know. It's like don't don't lock yourself into this box and like, okay, I got to do this and that, and and then I'm done and it's over or whatever. And with family worship time, you know, when you got kids and man, they you only got their attention for so long. Like, you know, you, you know, times are more. I mean, we're it's amazing to me, you know, what God will do in that family worship time. He'll share a verse or he'll show something that's going on in your ministry. And just God is God and just does what does. You know, we're, we're we're doing a fan worship time a few weeks ago and, and Erica's reading the text and it just, the spirit just overwhelmed her and she got emotional, you know, and um, it wasn't anything going on or nothing like that. It was just like, just the goodness of God yep. in that little kid's Bible story, you know, and it's, and that's, that's just what God does. And mm-hmm. so you can really benefit from it, but it doesn't have to be long. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, you don't have to, the Shekinah glory doesn't have to fall every, every morning. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just, Asking God to bless your time, praying before you start, you know, read the story, read the scripture. You know, we have this little thing, it's called like fun facts about something that's in the story and we pray and we move on with our day. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, let's move on to number four. Number four on the list of five things that can derail any church plant is having small faith. Mm. Uh, so basically not believing that God can impact and work in your church. Yeah. So we, I, I know that um, we have as one of our values as a church, and I know that your church stole this from us and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think, the Bible, the, I think the Bible stole it from yeah, you. I know, I know. You just stole the phrase. <laughs> yeah. So we say, we say one of our values is risk-taking faith. That's right. Right? Yeah. So uh, we, the way that I kind of describe that to people um, to help them understand what I mean by that is that uh, I'll say, if we can do it without God, then we don't want to do it. Yeah. So we, we, we want to do things that stretch us and that stretch our faith, uh, things that... Uh, ultimately, you know, put us out of our comfort zone where we couldn't do them in the flesh, right? Mm. Uh, If we ever begin to reflect back on what we're doing as a church or personally in our individual lives, and if I'm able to look back and go, you know what, like 
I don't really need God to show up today to yeah. do what I need to do. That you're in trouble at that mm-hmm. point. Absolutely. Uh, and you're you're in a bad place. Yeah. So um yeah, I, I think that uh why, why don't you speak into that, Matt? Like, why do you think that having small faith is one of the dangers that can and and I I'll be honest too, because yeah. I want you to maybe to address this because I don't think that any that most planters would admit that well yeah. I have small faith. I think almost every single one would say, Oh, I have great faith. But yeah, if we were really, really honest, I think that we probably struggle with this more than we we care to admit. Having small faith, you know, I, I know this is a big statement, but I'll I'll just go ahead and say it. I think it's probably the most dangerous perspective you can have as a church planner. Um, all throughout the scriptures, we see that faith on our part matters. Yeah. And I told our church, we were ta- it's, it's interesting. We're talking about this today we, on Sunday. Um, we've been walking through the gospel of Mark and, uh, talking about, uh, the paralytic in, in Mark chapter two, you know, mm-hmm. and they bring the paralytic, the four friends, whose faith was it? It was the faith of the four friends mm-hmm. that Jesus recognized. Now I'm not saying the paralytic didn't have faith. I mean, he's letting them do it. Yeah. But well, he couldn't do anything about it. He couldn't do anything. Was he? Ah, stop it! <laughs> yeah, let put me down. Put me down. I'm oh, sorry, man. But, We're not putting you but, down. <laughs> but, but they, but they, but the four friends' faith is what was acknowledged. Yeah, Jesus said he saw the faith of the four friends, mm-hmm. and all throughout the miracle accounts and you know, the the woman with the ble- the ble- the bleeding issue, mm-hmm. um, Jesus acknowledges her faith. Yep. Uh, the centurion acknowledges his faith. Mm-hmm. Over and over again, we see yep. this, and. So what we do, we give God lip service, but we actually operate like deists. Mm. Yeah, God, yeah, God made us. God called me to this, but he's not really that involved. Mm-hmm. But actually what we see in Scripture, that your faith matters. Yep. And, and, and so here's, here's what we need to really think about. When we talk about small faith, it's, it's really a, and I'm always careful with this, but it's, it's a spirit of pessimism. It's a spirit of negativity. Mm-hmm. You know, well, well, maybe, you know, I, I hope people come. I call it cynicism. C- cyn- yeah, it's a cynical heart. Yep. It, it's not really believing, it's not really by faith believing that God wants to do anything. Yep. And so we don't give it our full effort mm-hmm. because at least if we don't give it our full effort, and it fails, we can say, well, you know what? I didn't really give it my all. Yep. And so, which is, of course, just draped in carnality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all mm-hmm. just a, there's just such a carnal way of thinking. Yep. But I see this over and over again. It's just this negative idea. Yeah, well, we're going to roll out small groups, but, you know, it's probably not going to be, I mean, we might, or that's, you know, we already have an event. That's kind of what I expected. Mm-hmm. Kind of expected nobody to come. Mm-hmm. Well, are you surprised then when nobody came? Because if your heart, you, the Bible tells us what comes out of your mouth is already in your heart. So if you say those kinds of things, you you very clearly didn't have faith that God was going to do anything. Yeah. So why'd you even hold the event? Yeah. Why'd you even knock on doors? Why'd mm-hmm. you even go into the harvest? Yeah. And so that that little faith, that small faith, will absolutely it'll it'll impact your church in a super negative way. Yeah. I think that uh, there's a couple directions that we could go with this. Um, I think one of the ways that this manifests itself, like we, I definitely want to talk about cynicism, but one of the ways that this can manifest itself is that, um, you know, we begin to, uh, lean on our own, um, wisdom and our own power to try to produce results. Um, so we can, 
we can manifest a lack of faith by beginning to, you know, do, just lean on, um, you know, gimmicks and things like that and, and production, um, you know, uh, things of that nature uh, to kind of draw people and to get crowds. Because, I, I mean, let's be honest, like, no matter how spiritual you are, it affects you, you know, when you come in on a Sunday yeah. morning and there's a bunch of empty seats, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, even the, you know, like the the guy who's filled with the spirit and who's abiding in Christ is going to be affected by that. It's hard not to be because like we care about what we do. You know, we care about people. Uh, we, we love the Lord. We're passionate about his glory. Uh, and we want to make an impact, you know, for the yeah. kingdom of God. And so when we don't see an observable impact, I think that, uh, the, um, the temptation is to get impatient and to begin to think that basically that we need to help God. Um, and then we need to help him kind of further his kingdom and kind of give things a boost. Right. And we begin to lose faith that the gospel alone really is the power of God and the salvation, um, that God really does want to save people. Uh, we stop, we stop believing that I think sometimes, uh, we would never say that. Uh, but I, I, I do think that, um, you know, like you were saying, you know, you'll start hearing a lot of, uh, cynicism and pessimism, like, um, I, I even kind of got into a, a season like this where I started to get really discouraged, you know, and you, and like, you'll, you know, that you're falling into this. If you start talking negatively about your context, mm. like if you start talking about oh, these people, you know, they're just, they're hard hearted, you know, these people, they're never, you know, like they, they've closed their, their hearts to God. This is the darkest place in the world. You know, <laughs> this soil is so hard and, yeah. and it's, and I'm not saying it's, it's wrong to like acknowledge that you're in a hard area. Yeah. Like you, you can like, of course, you know, like many yeah. of you listening are, we are, but when you start like getting negative and cynical about the people around you, yeah. if you're not careful, you can even get, uh, you can even start to become bitter yeah. towards the very people that you're trying to reach. Yeah. And this is, this is kind of what happened to me. I remember, um, distinctly a, a one time, um, we were out sharing the gospel and going, we were going door to door and it was like just a rough time. Like we went and like, man, just had people be rude to us. Yeah. We're, you know, rejecting us. We, you know, we endured some persecution and, and then had a guy like literally act like, you know, you know, like see us and like literally like run, like fast walk away from us. So they didn't have to talk. And then whenever <laughs> we walked by the area, he came back out on his porch again. Yeah. And I was like, okay, come on, you know? And yeah, I, I got, I got upset. I got angry. Yeah. And we were walking back to the car and my wife, you know, just, she's just like, she just, like she demonstrates yeah. the grace of Jesus to me so much. Like yeah. she convicts me so hard uh, sometimes, but you know, she was just, you know, positive and everything. And we walked by this guy who's working on something on his car and she asked him if he can pray. And he's like, no, nah, you know, whatever, you know, don't, don't want prayer. And then he said, and then we're about to, we're like, okay, have a good day. And we're about to walk away and he goes, you can help me uh, put the stuff in my car there if you want and do something, actually do something beneficial or whatever, you know, yeah. like just being really sarcastic and Jen, you know, bless her heart. It's like, yeah, let's go help. And I was like, I'm not, I was like, no, let's go. I'm not helping that jerk. Yeah. You know? Like I was yeah. mad. I don't want to help that guy for yeah. nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I knew like as soon as I got to the car, was wrong. I was like, I was wrong. You yeah. know, like I should have turned around and done that. Cause what a yeah. witness that would have been to that guy. That's right after he was just persecuting us basically and mocking us yeah. to go and serve him anyways. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the example that Jesus set, but I was in my flesh 
And, you know, I got bitter towards people. And here's why. Yeah. Because I, I was struggling with putting like my worth and my value before God and yeah. seeing results yeah. as a church planter. And those people that were rejecting the gospel were standing in the way of what I needed That's to right. be validated. Yeah. And they were getting in my way. And so I was mad at them for it. Yeah. That's when you have... Uh, stopped trusting in the power yeah. of God. You've you've stopped making it about His glory and about uh, people, and you've made it about yourself. Yeah, it's a dangerous place. Yeah, you know, and it's and and you start to find your and you start to look at people in those instances. You don't look at them as lost souls that are going to spend eternity without Christ. You look at them as you're 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 going to help me get to what I want. You yeah. know, which is to be a successful church planner. Right. You know, man. Before we move on, I just. Um, this has always been a passage of scripture that I've always held, you know, dear to my heart as James chapter one. And it, the course of the course, the context is wisdom, but it mm-hmm. applies here. You know, verse five of James one, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. It's, it doesn't stop and it will be given him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person, and here it is, must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Mm. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And yes, the context there is wisdom, but the principle, the underlying principle there is for us, if we ask God to do something and we have no faith behind it, we're wasting our time. Mm -hmm. He says that we're unstable. We're double-minded. And I, and I see so much Mm double-mindedness, unstability or unstable faith in the context of a lot of our churches. You know, we, we don't really believe God wants to heal people. We don't really believe God can reconcile that marriage. Mm -hmm. We don't really believe that God can save that atheist guy or gal. You know, we just, we don't have the faith. And, um, and I, and I think it starts with us when we talk about revival, it starts with the body of Christ. And, um, so, so for me, you know, um, I, I just, I just think having small faith is, it is so dangerous to church planners. Yeah. And uh, so let me just say this before we move on. How do you ask? How do you say, well, how do I know if I have small faith? Mm-hmm. Well, listen to the things we just talked about. Yep. You know, do you, do you operate in the flesh and based upon what you are going to do mm-hmm. and we're going to be successful in what I do? Or do you genuinely believe that God wants to move and work and do supernatural things? Mm-hmm. Um, and the only person that can really answer that question is yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Now, we, there's and there's a lot we could get in on that. Mm-hmm. We don't really have time. It's probably not the time or the place. I have a lot of opinions that, you know, uh to like uh, some strong convictions about um, you know, some of the methods uh that we lean on to do church today, to yeah. start churches that I think uh ultimately like in and of themselves uh are just evidence that we do lack faith and we don't really believe in the power of the gospel. I think that we're far more dependent on our own wisdom and on our own money and on our own resources than we, than we care to admit, uh, in the way that we, you know, plant churches. Um, but that'll be another episode for another day. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to number five, man. Last one. This is the number five in the list of five things that will derail any church plant. And this, to me, I think is the biggest one, and it's not abiding in Christ. Mm. Um, this kind of actually segues well from the from the last one that we just did. Yeah. But I think too often we're trying to do God's kingdom work without God's 
power. Mm. Um, we're trying to advance a spiritual kingdom in the flesh. Yeah. And that is impossible. It impossible. doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. No amount of money or ingenuity is going to overcome uh, a lacking in your devotional life. Yeah. So um, I think if you don't have this, um, like I was saying earlier, you may be building something, uh, but if you are building something, it's a, it's a, it's a counterfeit kingdom yeah. of God. You know, yeah. it's not the real thing. You can't build the kingdom of God in the flesh. It's possible. Yeah, man. And here's the thing. Like you can fool a lot of people. Uh, you can fool essentially anybody in this world, but you can't fool Christ. Nope. And at the end of the day, you know, something that keeps me very sober minded, very humble is the fact that all this is going away. Mm-hmm. All this is passing away. Our earthly relationships, all of it's going away. And at the end of the day, one king will stand, one kingdom will, will reign, and it's the, the kingdom of God. And so for, for me, we, we, we're servants. That's all we are. We're servants. We, and, 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 and Christ is our Lord. Christ is our king. He's our master. So when he tells us to do something in the word, if it's an explicit command, we do it. It's not, it's not an option. It's not a choice. And so I think from, from my journey... I always believed that since my salvation. I've always believed that. I've always believed like lordship salvation mm-hmm. is the only kind of real salvation. Yeah. But it, it took me some time to understand what it meant to abide. Mm-hmm. Because I think in the beginning, in the early earlier uh, years of, of my salvation, I said, yes, I, I believe this. You know, I, I believe with all my heart, soul and mind. Like I want to give my life to this kingdom. But I operated so much in the flesh. I did so many things like, you know, trying to trying to improve in my preaching, trying to improve in my leadership, reading a lot of leadership books. And there's nothing wrong with that. I still do that. Yep. But but it's the little things that I do now. Like if I'm going to read a leadership book, I'll, I'll pray throughout it. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me to get these truths. Yep. Keep If there's nothing good here, keep that away from me. But just being being plugged in mm-hmm. all the time to the power source. Yep. And I, and I think it took me some time to come around to that, even in church planting. And praise God, by the time we got here, I'd, I'd, I'd learned those principles uh, for the most part. But we're always growing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, just, just understanding that, you know, nothing, nothing good is going to come from our ingenuity or intellect or personality or yeah. whatever. God has given us those things as gifts to advance his kingdom. But ultimately, he's the... He's the fuel. He's the fuel. He's the flame. Yep. John fifteen five. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me bears much fruit. Yeah. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I was thinking about that word nothing mm-hmm. earlier this morning. And it means what it says. It literally means nothing. Yeah. Like apart from me, you can do nothing as my disciple. Yeah. Preach. You can't preach apart from total dependent on Jesus. You can stand up and deliver a monologue, but you can't preach a gospel sermon yeah. that's going to actually make a dent in the kingdom of God apart from abiding in Jesus. You can't make sound leadership decisions and ex- exercise wisdom yeah. if you're not abiding in Christ. You can't disciple others. You cannot convert a soul. Uh, you're not going to be a soul winner. You're not going to see fruit in your ministry, at least, well, if you do, it will be in spite of you, not because of you. Yeah. Uh, if you're not abiding, um, you can't re- correct or rebuke uh, in a healthy manner. Um, you can't avoid sin and temptation. Uh, you can't keep someone from drifting away. 
in yeah. your, you know, in your flock. You can't grow a true church. You can't bring glory to God. That's right. All kinds of things that you can't do if you're not abiding yeah. in Jesus. Uh, and you know, all those things I just listed and there's plenty more that, that that's what makes up the, uh, the totality of, of our calling, you know, like yeah. that, those are the things that we do. And so like, if we're not, if we're not abiding and if we're, it, it's so freeing, once you realize that that's like really the most, that the only thing that really matters yeah. what you do with your time, like it really is, yeah. it just takes all the pressure off of you yeah. because you realize like you were so using the example, like, let's say you're, you know, preaching, right. You want to become a better preacher. I, I remember, um, you know, reading, I probably read like 12, 15 books on preaching yeah. and, you know, spent a lot of time like working on that for yeah. a while in my life. And, and, and I've, I learned from it, but I remember in the past, what I had done is I would, I felt like I need to read this book because I, oh, I need to, I need to learn how to preach a narrative sermon so that I can get through to my people, right? right? Like I, so I can get through to them or, yeah. or I need to learn how to, you know, to do better introductions. And because if I don't, I might not grab the attention of the hearers and then, you know, I'm going to be wasting their, you know, like I'm going to be wasting my time. And what I've read, that's no, 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 that's not true. Yeah. The, the only way you're going to be wasting your time, the only way you're not going to have an impact is if you're not abiding. That's right. Like we're not saying that it doesn't matter how you do your introductions or it doesn't yeah. matter if you, you know, you know, can preach narratives yeah. or whatever, but abiding is what's important. Jesus yeah. is the one that does that heavy lifting. For and us. People ask me all the time, you know, when we talk about yielding and abiding, how do I know I'm doing that? You know, mm -hmm. you'll know. Like, you know, when you're operating in the flesh, you, you know, I mean, like there's certain triggers you grow into knowing and, and understanding and learning. Like uh, for me, I know like my words, the actions of my or the thoughts, my thought life, my my heart motives, all those kinds of things. Like and I ask myself, like, do these things align with God? Do they align with, align with would, would Christ talk like this? Mm -hmm. Would Christ have this heart posture towards somebody? Yeah. And if the answer is no, you repent. You verbally this is how I, I verbally abide again mm -hmm. father forgive me this isn't that that word wasn't from you this thought wasn't from you this action wasn't from you um once again i want to i want to die to myself and i want to yield right now to you fully mm -hmm. holy spirit anoint me empower me fill me and use me for your glory amen and i move about my day and 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 it's a it's a relationship yeah abiding in christ is about a relationship the holy spirit jesus says I have to go so that the helper can come. Mm -hmm. And he says, and you're going to do greater things than I did. Yep. And so he wants to help. The, mm -hmm. That's the Holy Spirit's role. It is to bring glory to the Father and Son by making you more and more, sanctifying you, making you more and more like Christ. Yep. And so he wants to do these things. Mm -hmm. And you and I talk about this all, stuff all the time, but you know, do we, back to little faith, do we have enough faith to believe that he wants to do that work in us as much as he actually wants to do it. Yep. And so for me, that's, that's where it's all found, man. That's, that's the secret to the Christian life. Yep. It's the Holy spirit. That's right. It's actually called Christianity. Yep. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like a lot of times we get frustrated because we feel like there's a disconnect between what we see, we read in the book of Acts yeah. or whatever, and what we experience, um, today. And, um, you know, I, I believe that, um, you know, there is definitely a disconnect there. And, but here's the good news is that I think that the, you know, uh, that, that life, uh, that, uh, you know, 
uh, abiding in Christ, that spirit-filled life is available yeah. uh, to anybody who wants it, but are we willing to, to, to pay the price That's right. for personal revival? You know, it's going to yeah. cost something. It's going to cost, you know, uh, cutting everything out of your life, whether it's good or whether it's bad, whatever. Yeah. If it's standing in the way of you, you're not seeking yeah. Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, if that means you getting rid of Netflix, if it means getting rid of your TV, if it means, you know, you know, not watching your favorite sports team or whatever, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, or a bad habit that you've got to, you know, cut out, like whatever it is, are you willing to pay that price? Yeah. You know, because you, you want to, uh, to, to abide in Christ and you want to see him move in power mm-hmm. in and through your life. So, uh, that's available uh, for those that have ears to hear. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll just wrap up with, uh, I'd just say a, a marching order that I want to end with as we, uh, head into 2019, uh, would simply, uh, be this, it would be, uh, resolve to, uh, seek Jesus this year, uh, to seek him and abiding like you never have before mm-hmm. in your entire life. And that's going to look different for different people. I don't know, uh, you know, whoever you are, when you're listening to this, that's you're you'll know what that means for you. Uh, yeah. You know, there's probably some things I, I I would encourage you to search your heart, and there's probably some things that you know God's been working on you and asking you to change. There's something that's got to go, or or a, you know, a change you need to make, or maybe a, a relationship you need to reconcile. Uh, can I just encourage you? Don't put that off. Yeah, like. Man, we Jesus said that we need to work while it's still light, because mm-hmm. uh, the the nighttime is coming, right? Yeah. And so, like, we don't have that's the stakes are too high. Uh, we don't have time to waste, so don't delay. Uh, you know, throwing everything that you've got, you know, just throwing yourself at Jesus's feet and 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 abiding in Him uh, with everything. That's good, man. I, my marching orders would be to say as you go into the new year. Um, you know, New Year's resolutions are popular and I think they have their uh, their place and they can be healthy and good and all those things. But I think sometimes we get the cart before the horse. You know, I'm going to stop doing this and start doing that. I'm going to, this is my goal or this is my plan. It's good to have goals and it's good to have those things. But if you don't, if, if you don't understand that your relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit in you is the one who's going to empower you to accomplish and fulfill those plans and those goals, you're going to fail before you even get started. And it's why such a high percentage, even within the bride of Christ, why so many new year's resolutions fail miserably. Mm -hmm. We, again, we're trying to do things in the flesh. And so don't get the cart before the horse, really stay plugged into the vine and, and understand how to yield, dig into the word of God, seek him. And he's going to empower you and strengthen you to do those things and hey merry christmas and happy new year merry christmas we we were able to stretch this thing into two episodes which means that the listeners are now getting to listen to a, a christmas eve episode nice it's dropping on christmas eve so merry christmas that's our gift to you so <laughs> i'm sure everybody's going to gather around on christmas eve listening and listen to, to in the trenches yes if you don't then santa's probably not coming for you santa will not bring, bring you a baby wife doll bring you yeah he's going to bring you coal that's what he's going to bring you <laughs> So uh, this is our Christmas gift to you listeners. Now, if you would like to give a Christmas gift to Matt or myself, my address is one one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, seriously though, one of the ways that you guys can help us out is by getting onto iTunes or 
uh, Google Play or Stitcher, whatever platform you prefer that you listen to us on, please get on there this holiday season and uh, give us a rating, uh, a five-star rating only, please, or else that's not a very nice Christmas gift. Um, so leave us a five-star rating and just a written review. It helps increase our exposure on uh, the different platforms so that when people are searching for church planting and, and searching for the different topics that we kind of cover in ministry, they're able to find uh, our podcast and then we're able to get this information out into the ears of more uh, people who are involved in church planting or in ministry. So if you think that In the Trenches is beneficial and it's been a blessing to you, uh, then it would be awesome if you would help us uh, get it into the hands of, of more church planters and more people uh, involved in church planting. We would really appreciate that. Um, as I have mentioned before over the past couple of weeks, we are not going to have an episode on the 31st of December. Uh, this is the close of season one. Uh, we want to thank you guys so much for all your support. 37 episodes and 38, actually. This is 38 episodes in. Uh, it's been a lot of fun for us. We're going to mm-hmm. take a little bit of a short break. And season two is coming uh, January 6th. Uh, and we're going to have a new website that's launching uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun. We really want to spend more time interacting with you guys. We want to hear your feedback, your ideas for episodes, uh, and, and, and we want to answer your questions. Uh, so thank you uh, for an incredible first season listeners. Uh, and until next time, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.